Hey listeners, welcome to Tetsuo Tells a Story. I'm Tetsuo. The following scary fishing story was posted in the Mongos Stories Facebook page by someone anonymous. I decided to do a scary fishing story because I've been having weird dreams about fishing. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this story. The post to the story is linked below. Some names and detail may have been edited to remove identifying features or to fix the flow of the story. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to Tetsuo Tells a Story on YouTube and podcast providers such as Anchor and Spotify. Let's get on with this scary fishing story titled San Luis Reservoir. I'm not much of a fisherman, but I do occasionally go fishing as I have a lot of friends who really enjoy fishing. Here in California, the striped bass, also known as striper, is a very popular fish to catch. And one of the best places to catch them is at the San Luis Reservoir, located west of Los Banos on Highway 152. Most of you that have gone to Gilroy, Santa Cruz, or San Jose may have passed by this lake before. At the San Luis Reservoir, there were two lakes. The actual San Luis Reservoir itself, also known as the Big Lake, and the O'Neill Four Bay, also known as the Little Lake. So, most of the time, the easiest way to catch stripers are to soak bait or use worms and anchovies as bait. Cast it out as far as you can and wait for the fish to come and eat the bait. But for a short window of the year in the small lake, the striper will come closer to the shore to feed on the bait fish. During this time, my friends will wear water suits and actually get into the water and go waist deep, or about 15 to 20 yards from the shore, to fish. If you find the school of fish, you will catch your limit within an hour. So like I mentioned, I'm not a hardcore fisherman, but my friends told me about this unbelievable fishing experience, and I had to go and see it for myself. At first, I was very cautious about getting into the water. Some areas of this lake is very deep, but there are certain areas where you can just go out very far from the shore and the water will only be waist deep. After I started fishing though, all of my irrational fears went away. I was instantly hooked. I went from going fishing maybe a few times a year to going fishing almost every other day during this time. During this season, the seaweed grows pretty high, so your bait will get tangled in the seaweed about every three to four casts. So you'll just have to reel in your lure, remove the seaweed, and continue fishing. However, this style of fishing is only good once the sun goes down. So you're fishing in almost complete darkness with only the moon as your main source of light. 
and the headlamp as a backup for when you need to tie your lure or to remove stubborn seaweed. So three weeks into fishing, I planned a fishing trip with some of my buddies. Originally, there were supposed to be four of us, but two of them backed out. So now it's just going to be me and another friend. Let's call him Mike. So up to this point, I've always fished with at least two others. But I figured that I've gone so many times before without any issues, and that this time will just be like any other time. Plus, Mike had never done this style of fishing before, so he was very excited. And off we went. Just the two of us. Night fishing. So as usual, we arrived at the spot and got ready. I told Mike about the seaweed and the depth and assured him that he will be okay if he just followed me. So we get into the water and by this time, the sun is just about gone. I could tell that Mike was feeling a little uneasy, as to be expected. But after five minutes, Mike hooked onto his first fish. From then on, I could see that Mike had forgotten any fears he had. We were having a great time and hooking up a lot of fish. So much that we released majority of them. On this particular night, the moon was very small so there was barely enough light to see Mike standing five to six feet to my right. About two hours into fishing, I could see him start to move further and further from me. I just figured, hey, he's getting comfortable. Then I saw Mike turn on his headlamp and walked back slowly towards me. As he approached me, he calmly said, Hey bro, the fishing here is not that good. Let's go try another spot. To which I replied, What? You're crazy. The fish are all over. He said, Come on, let's go try another spot. Go come back. I could see in his eyes that he was trying to tell me something without actually telling me. So we both made our way back to shore. We get out all of our gears, packed our things, and proceeded towards another spot. But that's when Mike tells me that he's had enough fishing for the night, and he's ready to go. At this point, we had both caught our limit, and we were just catching and releasing. Anyways, we exited the lake and headed home. The whole ride, I could tell something was off about Mike. On our way to the lake... He was so talkative, but now he hardly said a word. Conversations were short, and I just figured he was probably tired. About two weeks later, I hear that Mike was not doing well, and that his family was doing a jingle bell, or Ning. Ning is a healing ceremony performed by a shaman to heal various health problems including spiritual and physical, and is often practiced by the Hmong community. So I headed to his house. When I got there, I noticed that Mike was looking very weak and pale. I asked Mike if he was okay, and he just looked at me. A little confused, I asked around, and my friends told me that Mike has been having trouble sleeping 
and when he does sleep, he's been having terrible nightmares. When the shaman finished his ritual, he sat down with Mike and his parents. All the guests were also nearby, waiting to hear what the shaman had to say. He asked Mike if he has gone near a large body of water recently. That's when Mike told everyone about what happened that night when we went night fishing. He said that while we were fishing, he heard splashing like there was a feeding frenzy. When he moved away from me, he was moving towards the sound of splashing, hoping to catch a big fish. After a few casts, he got stuck to some seaweed, and that's when he reeled in his lure to untangle the seaweed. He noticed that the texture of the seaweed felt different from all the other times, so he turned on his headlamp. To his surprise, it was long black hair that was stuck to his lure, not seaweed. He cut his lure off, and that's when he made his way back to where I was, and we headed home. When Mike got home later that night of fishing, he started having weird dreams. He dreamt that he was underwater and couldn't get out. He said every time he dreamed, it was the same reoccurring dream. It was so bad, he swore he was choking on water and would wake up. Even his hands were wrinkled, as if he was in water for a long time. The shaman said that that night, something lured Mike away from me to make him vulnerable. It was stuck in the water and needed someone to take its place. And because we were in the water, it was able to reach Mike. The shaman said that that thing has been in there for a very long time. And because most people fish from the shore, it wasn't able to get them. But because Mike threw his lure directly to where it was, and Mike was in its territory, that's how it was able to get Mike. The following weekend, Mike's parents hired another shaman to heal him and changed his name. He's been fine ever since, but we no longer go and fish in that area anymore. Mike has given up fishing altogether. Thanks everyone for listening in on this scary fishing story from someone fishing at the San Louise Reservoir. If you enjoyed this story, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to Tetsuo Tells a Story. Again, you can find me here on YouTube and podcast providers such as Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Do you have a story to tell? Let me know and I can read it to the world. See you in the next episode.